Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Craig Morgan Music and More Podcast. This week's podcast is brought to you by Monster Energy. They do make great energy drinks, but they also make my favorite, the Muscle Monster Shake. It is absolutely fabulous, and if you're on keto like me, uh, it has fewer carbs than a lot of the other drinks. Uh, great. Anyway, check it out. The shit's good, and we are grateful that they uh, support us. And here's why, y'all. Not just because they support this podcast, but because of their support for our men and women in the armed forces. They're huge uh, supporters of our military. So, Monster, thank you for that. Uh, and thank you for that milkshake. I love it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Craig Morgan Music and More. Uh, this week's guest is somebody I am uh, really excited to have here. Uh, I'm proud to call him a friend. Uh, I'm honored to be able to sit beside him and call him a hero. You're reading the wrong script, bro. Man, That's for somebody this else. This is my time right now. <laughs> it's all about you in a minute. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll shut up. You don't. You haven't seen him yet. You've just heard him. Uh, some of you will already recognize this voice. Uh, well known has a company since retiring from the military, still giving back to the military, to our warriors, uh, to the community. Uh, the same thing I say every time I have someone on the show. He's a great American. We celebrate all the same things together, talking about God family and country uh, and we're going to talk about the way he's doing it and the different avenues in which he's doing it and talk about some of the things in the past uh, let me just say rabbits hey folks i'm kyle lamb president and founder of viking tactics all right, well, now you know who it is. Sergeant Major Kyle Lamb, formerly special operations operator, superhero, super stud guy, who's old now and pees on himself pretty regularly. <laughs> yeah, but you're older than me. That's all that matters. <laughs> I just hope I never catch you. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, look, uh, first of all, thanks for being here, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. <laughs> I said... <laughs> No, no, oh, no. We, he is busy, but let me tell you, he's not busy doing the kind of stuff. He used to be the guy who was doing bad things to bad guys who were trying to do bad shit to us. And now he's doing good things for, for good guys who are still out there doing that. Um, and one of the ways he does that, and, and I kind of picked on him at first talking about the fact that you're making these axes and uh, knives or, 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 you know, all these things that you're doing, forging steel. And, and I said, it's probably therapy. And he said, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Without... Uh, there was, I could tell this was not a, this was not a joking face. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so and I think, so as, as veterans or as the guys like we are, you don't have to be a veteran. You can be a, any person out there in America. And if you sit there and, and watch your social media all day and you read the news all day, or you turn on the TV, it's depressing. Yeah. I mean, it's not cool. I support the law enforcement military guys. They're taking it on the chin that stuff's not telling them how much we support them. So what can I do to get kind of get away from that? So much like you, I do a lot of hunting. I do a lot of fishing. And about a little over a year ago, my son and I went to a forging class. I always wanted to do that. I'm, I made some knives and stuff when I was a kid, just, gr you know, grinding out stuff, but I never forged anything. And I, I went there and I stood in front of that forge and I'm staring in there. And at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I didn't think about anything but that piece of metal. And I'm not saying that I want to, like, get away from my life, because my life is awesome. But I do 
want to let my brain relax a little bit. And when I'm looking into that forge, it's, it's relaxing. When I'm beating on a piece of steel, it's not real relaxing, but it's, it's just good. It's, it's, it's a, a warrior thing to do. And then I make these tomahawks, and they're nothing spectacular, but I made them. I mean, I made the handles. My wife finishes the handles, and they're beautiful. She does a great job, and I'm trying to get better at what I'm doing. So we've, uh, I've, I've met a whole different group of people. And the funny thing is, a lot of them are military or law enforcement background folks as well. I mean, some of the, the, the greatest, one of the greatest gun builders in America right now, a guy named Mike Miller, making flintlock stuff. Yeah. Retired law enforcement dude. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if he was in the military or not. He's just north but of he us was, Yeah, he was an LEO though. For, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you know him. Yeah. Oh, I know of him. Okay. I don't know him, but I know exactly who His you're talking about. His stuff is, um, it's amazing. Yeah, there's so, a, he's getting a lot of write-ups. Yeah. As, and, as you are. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> I'm going to bring up a couple write-ups in a few minutes. Uh, well, I'll throw them up while you're talking about was some this of this like stuff. Was this the post office? You're talking about like Not the post office picture. picture. Okay, that one's yeah, different. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, little, that was, that's yeah. where the rabbits came in and the, yeah. and the mice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Not the mice. No. There is a story behind the mouse though, too. Well, well, I want to hear that story, but first, uh, the, you know, you, you, you said something. I, I tell veterans this all the time. I have a lot of guys ask me, how did you transition from the military into the civilian life? And I say, I'm working on it. Yeah. And I've been out. I left active duty in 04. I separated myself from most every affiliation at all in 2011. Um, and when I say, you know, you know what I mean? I still did other things for yeah, the, yeah. for the military up until 2011, after 2011, I, I kind of, my music was kept me so busy. I didn't have time to do those other things that I did enjoy doing. Um, but I'm still working on it. And that's, that was nine, 10, you know what I mean? That's a yeah. long time, yeah. but I, I think the most important thing, and you said it, if you keep your head and your, your heart and your body busy, you can't get stagnant. Uh, and by have a mission. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're so focused on, on what you're doing. Well, for one, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, grind your finger off yeah, yeah. or, or, you know, you can it lose my fingernails nice <laughs> and short though, you know, doing that. But, I mean, yeah. would you agree? I mean, would you allude oh, yeah, on that? Yeah. I think though that the, the, what I see with successful guys that have left the military, whether they retired or they just got out they're mission focused people. Now that, you know, civilians may not like to hear the, the word mission, well, I don't care about civilians. I care about what my thought process is. And then I get, then I go do whatever my mission is. If you want to call that a goal or you want to call it your focus or whatever you want to call it, I call it a mission because when I get up in the morning, I got to have a mission. My buddy, I got a buddy, Butch McCumber up in Wisconsin, and he retired quite a few years before me. And he was a, a PJ, uh, Air Force PJ, amazing dude. But he's like, yeah, man, to every day I get up, I know what I'm doing. He doesn't get up and like wander around with a cup yeah. of coffee in his hand and it's 11 o'clock and he's in his slippers. I mean, some people think that's cool. Dude, that's, that's, that I don't know how long I'd I mean, last. Maybe you rock stars do that, but yeah. I, us, us, I swear. <laughs> us, us other people. I've already done with most of my day before you get in your barn with your coffee. And I know you in there with your coffee, ain't you? What time you get in there? What time you forge? Uh, yesterday morning, I was in there about quarter to seven. Oh yeah, I'm already. I'm already. I well, do yeah, the same but I thing. Got up at five, but I've I, already had three cups, yeah, and I'm in yeah, the barn yeah. running around. Yeah, but I, I mean, I had to do a 25 miler before. <laughs> that, so I, you know, there's a lot of things that have to happen. Uh, yeah, no, you know, here's oh, the thing. If you, I did a 25 miler <laughs> before. <laughs> Then I ran out of gas. I had to go. Get some uh, man, I food. wake up. I sleepwalk on my on my treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> 
did six miles and I do a 10K on my treadmill in my sleep. No, I don't. I mean, I don't have a problem with you relaxing when it's time to relax. But even that, you know, what, what is it that gets you to that point? If you haven't done anything, you're like, oh, I just got to take a break. That's, that's from what I was going to say. What are you taking what a are you relaxing from? You from? Know? And I don't every day get up and go forge. Yeah. I get up and I've got other things. We have Viking tactics and our... You make a list of things to do? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, I think when you look at successful people or maybe forgetful people, one of the two, Whatever, yeah, there's a couple things that we do. Yeah. So one is we make lists because otherwise you lose track of what stuff will fall off your Focus. plate and you got to stay, uh, stay focused on that. I do a lot of praying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because Every our day, country needs help, our, our families, we want to make sure that they're squared away. And, and I'm very thankful for everything that, that I've been given as well. Um, you've met my wife. My wife is amazing. She, I couldn't ask for a better person to, to be with me through this kind of ride we've had there cowgirl from south dakota so that's it took know, a cowgirl with yeah, you. <laughs> yeah yeah and then and the other thing is she she's partially blind so that's been very helpful to me she is a, not partially <laughs> blind y'all that's been helpful to me but uh yeah and i think having you gotta you also have to have that you got that mission focus but you have to have people that are on your team this isn't like fans these are they're people participators. That, yeah. Now I've got buddies. I got a, a, a buddy named Tim Sellers out of North Carolina <laughs> and he sends me these texts and it just, I'll be out there on the road for, you know, six weeks at a time teaching people to shoot. Of course, I haven't done that. Not lately, huh? Thing, but <laughs> I've been up to Iowa cause for some reason, coronavirus can't make it into Iowa. <laughs> um, but we, uh, he sends me these texts and one day I got a text from him. He says, don't need nothing. Just cheering from the sidelines. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a powerful thing. And, yeah. you know, to him, he just was saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. I don't need anything. I'm just thinking about you. Yeah. Well, it's our turn now to also do that to other folks. You know, yeah. how can we help other people with whatever they're struggling with? I've got a young fella that uh, he has the same name as you. And he he's had some some struggles and he's new to being a Christian. Mm. And, you know, here's, here's the funny thing. I, I give one of my buddies a hard time because we called him the Jesus freak because <laughs> he was the Jesus freak. Yeah. But that's really not a bad thing to be no, called. That, yeah, I'll take it. Well, this guy, Somebody he's did. talking to some dudes and they said, well, you're talking about God, you better call. Uh, can I have Kyle Lamb call you? <laughs> so <laughs> I call the dude and we have this great conversation about his faith and, and I think sometimes that's another thing in our business. Sometimes the faith, our faith is held against us or you're held to a standard that's unrealistic because of your faith. Just because, because you profess it. Right. Because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I'm going to not screw up. That's right. That Amen. means that I'm going to be forgiven for yeah. screwing up. I'm not trying to go into it I know, like that. And I know how to go about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, they always say you can cuss like a sailor. Well, army guys taught the sailors how to cuss. So we, <laughs> we're pretty doggone good at it. <laughs> But being able to, to talk to this young man, this isn't, this isn't teaching somebody how to clear their corner in CQB. Yeah. This isn't teaching a guy how to shoot an AR-15 or, or an M4. Dude, this is like saving your soul stuff. So it's like, oh my goodness, what do I do? I got to talk to this kid. And he's looking up to me. He's like, you know, I kind of, I look at you like, kind of like a father figure. I'm thinking, oh Lord. It's heavy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's stuff like, okay, Lord, I'm, <laughs> I need some help on this because this dude, this is a guy that I'm worried about. You know, I, I want to help him I and mean, I can't save the cat, but I can, 
I can help to give him the right information. Like one of the things, you know Dave Eubank? Yeah. Free Burma Rangers. Yeah. Do you know Free him? Ranger. Not personally, but I know okay. exactly who you're talking about. Like, so, yeah, so Free Burma I mean, Rangers. Everybody knows. Yeah, the dude is, <laughs> yeah, he's a very good friend infamous. of mine. And he is Is he really? Amazing. Yeah, former Ranger, former yeah. SF guy, was a first group dude. And he, he lives in Thailand and they go into Burma and they've been in Iraq and, Af and not Afghanistan, but uh, Syria and some other places. And one of the things they say in the Free Burma Rangers, and he always says this to me, he's like, love everybody. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Can't do it. Yeah, lo love everybody. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's hard when you're looking at people that you really, you know, I see these douchebags on TV. Can I say douche? I'm you can say thing. whatever okay. you want. When you, when you see these Antifa folks and, and Black Lives Matter people that are out there, I mean, of course Black Lives Matter, but not the group. Yeah, you know, not that, the organization. Yeah, right. So they're full of hatred and they're bad people. But Dave's like, bro, love everybody. So now I'm telling this young kid, he's like, I've been struggling in this guy and he's kind of attacking me and he's a, you know, and I'm like, bro, love, everybody. love everybody. And I'm like, I said that. I can't believe I said that. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? But really when you, at the end of the day, if I have my mission focus and I'm doing what I need to do and I'm staying in my lane, don't worry about other people. Worry about your own stuff. You got enough crap going on in your mm -hmm. own life. Love everybody. That sounds completely ridiculous, but if you put that in your brain and you're like, this guy is really pissing me off and man, I love him. <laughs> it's it's going to change the way that you perceive people. And w w the sad thing is this dude, this dude, he's, he's struggling. And that other guy is struggling even harder than him. The guy that's, that, that he's having a hard time mm -hmm. with. I'm like, dude, you ought to pray for that cat. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I go, well, how do you think he's feeling? He feels, he doesn't feel like he's up to your standard so he's going to try to slag you down dude just don't worry about it you know you look at this this I, I i laugh about antifa because a platoon at the most a company of rangers with axe handles <laughs> dude they could they could finish this the whole thing yeah and, and like law enforcement across the country not we're just talking in, to your brother that was here uh um matt matt and, and he says, yeah, just let us off the leash. You know, if you're law enforcement and, and you're allowed to do your job, yeah. then you, that we could settle that too. But I just look at these young rangers and I think, oh, man, just give them an axe handle. Remember you used to walk around <laughs> the motor pool with an axe yeah. handle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a one-legged stool we had to sit on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. yeah. I, Love I everybody. I was in the 82nd. Love everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but but really, it's true, though. You know what? Yeah. When you do that, when even just saying it, uh, you, you encounter a confrontational situation. When you allow yourself to get to that place, you're able to articulate a lot better. You're able to control the situation a lot yeah. better because yeah. you're in a calmer place. Yeah. And, and generally, you can calm them. However, there are situations, and we've seen it as of lately. Uh, I'm, I've seen some of the best restraint on law enforcement officers oh, yeah, I have yeah. ever experienced in yeah. my life. Yeah. When these guys are standing there and these people are, are blowing smoke in their face and yelling and screaming, it's the most disrespect I've ever seen. And you know what's sad? Is that guy had absolutely nothing to do with what it is they might be griping about or bitching yeah. about. And they're standing there doing this stuff. Yeah. It just absolutely, it's mind-boggling. That guy's got to be standing there going, 
Love everybody. <laughs> He's like, man, like Staying calm. Pop your head off like a zit. <laughs> man, that'd be nice if I could <laughs> what do that. What I'd give for and, an axe handle. And the thing is, on November 4th, <laughs> if they're going to get off the leash, <laughs> yeah. and when that happens, it's going to be game uh, on. Yeah, um, well, we, 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 as a society, we should never. When you break the law, you break the law. It's just that simple. Now, you, you can't excuse good or bad behavior with bad behavior. You just can't. That's what makes America yeah. great right. is the fact that we have that thought process. Good and bad. You do bad, you get in trouble. There's consequences for yeah. actions. You know, you think about from a military perspective, and again, I'll let you go on about it, but you make a mistake out there, I mean, it, it's done. It's game over. Yeah. It ain't like you can walk yeah. up and go back and say, I'm, I'm sorry, I want a little time out. I need a break from this, you know. You don't get a set. You don't get that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I do want to bring up one other thing, though, and this is, this is kind of from left field, but I'm going to bring this up because this has been on my mind a little bit lately. In the military, we always prepared to fail. Think about that. Hmm. So when you went through a briefing, pre-mission brief, mm -hmm. what was one of the most important things? Contingencies. Yeah. Contingencies are things that are going to go wrong and, and you're going to have a plan to for when you fail. Yeah. So medevac, that's we failed. Somebody got wounded, injured, dead, whatever. We got to have a plan. So always have that plan for failure. If this doesn't, if this doesn't work quite right, then we got this. And that, I, I never, ever thought of it that way. I was reading a book by uh, General Stockdale. Was it uh, an audio book? Did you actually read it? <laughs> There is a lot of big words in this book. There was one word stumped me for days. It was like, uh, to uh, he or to to her. The, 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 the yeah. No, it's called uh, uh, Thoughts from a Philosophical Fighter Pilot. Mm. That's MD. Don't, don't, don't laugh at me, bro. Come I'm on not, now. I'm, I'm going to reach over there. You already got a nice haircut, but I can knock the rest of that hair <laughs> off your head. Come on now. I'm not. No, no. no I'm, so, I'm serious, though. I mean, that yeah. sounds like a deep book. No, it's, it's good. And what it is, it's a series of speeches that he gave and, and articles he wrote. So the first half, I'm, or the first third, I'm like, oh, this is pretty interesting. Second third, I'm like, this is dumb. And then the third part, I was like, well, I already know the answer to this. And I'm like. I learned something wow. because if you read it and then I'm repeating, I know what he's going to say over here. That means I actually absorbed. And he what, brought what up he the thing earlier. about contingency. So Admiral Stockdale, mm -hmm. you know who that oh, is. Oh yeah. Yeah. He spent almost seven years in a Vietnamese prison. Yep. That ain't cool. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Johnny Rambo even would have said, Ooh, that kind of hurts, you know, and that, or however Johnny Rambo would say seven that. years, yeah, yeah. seven years. And mm. he, um, and where I'm going with this, I, he talked a lot about stoicism. Stoicism is the big kind of a buzzword today, and people want to talk about Seneca. I read Seneca, stoicism, or, or uh, what's the other guy? Um, uh, Marcus Aurelius. Okay, I'll buy that because he was actually a soldier, but, you know, you look at Seneca. He was like some rich dude that, yeah. whatever, bro. <laughs> and they, they make, Nero makes him commit suicide and whatever. But they want to take stoicism and, and, and say that replaces Christianity, and it doesn't. And if you listen to what General Stockdale says, you know, he's a Christian, but he has beliefs in, in Stoicism. And Epictetus, I think, was the guy that he really studied. My point with all this is whenever I hear about Stoicism, then I go, okay, that's what this guy said, but where do, how does that relate to me and my faith? Because I don't want to follow a fake God or something right, like right. that. 
but these guys were getting that somewhere, you know, and, and Epictetus, the guy that he studied, he was an injured, he was a crippled kid that was sold as a slave, and he ends up being bought by a guy that worked for Nero. Actually, he was the guy that ended up helping Nero commit suicide. So this guy was right there. He's crippled his whole life. He walked with a cane and all that. I'll buy that. That mm -hmm, dude's going yeah. through this. He's been a slave. His leg is jacked up and whatever. But, you know, he obviously was looking at something higher, you know, when he was going through that. But in that book, he also talked about we're preparing for failure. And I, I think if every day we got up and we prepared for failure, because I, I don't think people do that. They're, they're like, oh, well, this is going to be a success. Yeah. You're going to do what? You're going to, what's your business plan here? You know, and if, if you go into every day, not, I'm not saying you're going to be a failure, but have a plan. You know, it's kind of like vigilance. What does the word vigilance mean to us? It means have a plan to kill every person you meet. Yeah. It really does. It, it, does, it really yeah. does. If you walk into a room, if you're a cop or you're a military dude, you should walk into a room. I know you do this because I've seen you do it. You're like sizing up everybody. You see me and you're like, oh, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. No, but as military dudes, that's what we do. Cops. And, 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 and anybody that's a fighter, you're going to walk in and be like, hmm, okay, that's the dude. That's the guy that's trouble yeah. right over there. Yeah. So having that vigilance to say, okay, people are out to get me. Like you, you're, and you're successful. And, and the whole time you're doing that, you're creating a contingency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, right. you really yeah. are. Yeah. That's the guy, and that's the only other door. Yeah. Um, but there's a window. And like guys like you, you know, you're, you're a successful dude. And some of us are cheering from the sidelines. I mean, every once in a while, I think one out of every 432 calls I've been keeping track, he answers the phone. <laughs> the rest of the time, he just like, what? Oh, lamb, whatever. This is not no, true. No, but the, the, the point is you're, you're being attacked because you're, you've elevated yourself. People look at you and they're pissed because you're successful. Good, good looking. looking. Good looking. I see we're thinking alike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a Christian. Veteran. You support law enforcement. Dude, you're a Second Amendment supporter. Yeah. Everything, everything that are right now. Everything our you is... do is wrong compared to some other jokers out there. And they might be like, oh yeah, good job, but uh they well, want you to fail and you gotta be prepared for that. You know, that's you you said that's a great I I I wanna uh, expand on that because we are in a place, you're talking about a contingency. I'm afraid that there's people within our government, they don't have contingencies. Yeah. They have these ideas about how they think we could grow and live as a country. Uh, and I'm, I'm not picking on any particular person, but let's say they, this person says socialism is a great thing. But they don't have a contingency if it's not going to work. And we have contingencies for the way our current system works yeah. or doesn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, Joe Rogan does does a stand up, and and I, that guy's he's a funny dude. He's even funnier when he's not doing stand up than he than on his stand up. Uh, and and Jerry and I were talking. Jerry, our my producer, we were talking one day, and he was like, "Man, have you seen the Joe Rogan stand up talking about the Constitution?" And I said, "Yeah, I think I have." And, and I had watched it, but I went back and watched it again, and it is funny because he's talking about from uh, Benjamin Franklin. Or Thomas Jefferson, one of them. He said, Thomas Jefferson. He said, when Thomas Jefferson, he said, people used to come back alive day, he'd go, we were using muskets. Y'all are still using the same thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the same shit that we wrote? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, it is funny. Yeah. And I thought about it when Jerry told me, and I watched it, and I thought, this is funny. But then I thought, well, when, he, when they wrote that, so was the government. And people don't, I don't know if they really understand that that Constitution 
was established not for us to fight against, not as American citizens to fight against other countries. That's what we have the military for. It was for us to be able to protect ourselves in the event that our government became what we were living under prior becoming, yeah. to becoming the United States. But again, contingencies. Yeah. Even then, yeah. they had the foresight. Yeah. But I, I think there's people that are trying to create some of this new government that they don't have contingencies if their plan doesn't work. Instead, yeah. we'll end up like Venezuela. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah, yeah we're not going to do We're not going to do that because... No, we're not. It's because we are a great country. Yeah, it's still out there doing their thing. And when, when our founding fathers wrote the Constitution, they had studied some of the great, the great people in England and other countries, you know, so uh, they knew. Yeah, Elgernon Sidney. Do you know his story? No. So Elgernon Sidney was had his head lopped off by Charles II, I believe. And late 1600s, he wrote a book called Discourses in Government. <laughs> because of that book, they decided to chop his head off. Now the book wasn't released yet. The book didn't get published until like 1703 or 1704. Our guys picked that up and said, "Here's a guy that was a smart dude." Charles II was yeah. Looney Tune. <laughs> this book gets published after his death, and our founding fathers were smart enough to read that book and say, okay, what were his ideas that got him killed? That Why were these crazy people trying to take over the country and do all this? John Locke's another one. Yeah, Elgernon oh, yeah, Sidney, yeah. by the way, John, uh, Elgernon Sidney's book that was written in 1704, 1705, somewhere in there, I have... No. original copy no of the you book. do i not. do i absolutely do and i got the member of parliament that owned the book um have his little crest inside the book and it's just it's when you pick this up and you smell it it smells like freedom because oh, man. you know old books when you open an old yes. book it's like oh yeah and just to feel what this guy was going through he wasn't writing this book to become famous or get rich he was writing this book because he wanted a better way of life for his people mm. And I would say that Algernon Sidney, if he saw what the writers of the Constitution wrote, you know, it wasn't, you know, and that's one of the things, you know, Benjamin Franklin, uh, Thomas Jefferson, and John Adams, they didn't write the Constitution. No, that's right. They, they wrote the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. So we've got those cats giving us feedback. You know, we got, a, a, I think Thomas Jefferson was in France when we were writing the Constitution. Mm -hmm getting all this feedback from him and from all these other dudes and the guy that's putting putting a lot of this down uh governor morris the guy that he wasn't a governor but that was his name governor morris you know one-legged dude that lost his leg in a chariot you know accident or something <laughs> crazy lunatic kind of like you he would have rode an atv but they didn't have him <laughs> at the time there so those guys studied all that and they saw what had failed for thousands of years and they made a government that is amazing just think about that think about how amazing what we what we have right now it's just incredible it is incredible and guys like us if we were if if we went back to 1750s and we joined the army we joined the the military where we'd be working with the brits because it'd be the the uh french and indian war we could never do anything because we're not of that blood we're not you know aristocrats uh, aristocrats or whatever, just like Thomas or uh, George Washington wasn't. Of course, he's kind of an aristocrat, but he would never move beyond colonel in their military. So you could never be anything. Yeah. And now in our country, look what can happen. Yeah. You can never have a job, never have experience, and be president of the United States and have a name Obama. 
You know what I'm saying? You can yeah. be a total douchebag and end up being the president <laughs> of our country. So that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? I just, I thought of that because I was listening to a podcast on the way over here and they were talking about how great Obama was and I about wrecked my truck and uh, ran over a couple little kids and I'm just kidding about that. But um, anyway. Sorry, well, well you could you could have blamed him. There, but you could have blamed I, him. I apologize. Yeah. No, hey, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and guys are going to come in and set up. We're going to play a few songs. Uh, and then we're going to come back and I'm going to talk to Kyle about music, how it's impacted him, what he listened to when he was overseas, if he listened to any. And in fact, he has a son that's uh, involved in music and the arts. Uh, he's a photographer, all kinds of stuff. So I want to talk about that and more on Kyle Lamb and his company, VTech. Midnight, sitting here, can't see clear, wasting tears on you. Tick tock, round the clock, on the dot, every thought consumes dismissing you. Going round and round like this is the time to call it quits. Tell me I didn't hear you right. Tell me it's just another fight. We ain't going out like this. We ain't going out like this. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Man, I feel like I'm losing you. We ain't going out like this. We ain't going All alone, here at home, by the phone, hoping you will call. Yeah, I'll answer it and tell you that I love you and, baby, we can fall. And love all over again, cause I don't want it to end like this. Tell me I didn't hear you right. No, we ain't going out like this We ain't going out like this Tell me what I'm supposed to do When I feel like I'm losing you No, we ain't going out like this We ain't going out like this Sometimes it just takes time you draw that line Tell me I didn't hear you right Tell me it's just another fight No, we ain't going out like this We ain't going out like this Tell me what I'm supposed to do When I feel like I'm losing you No, we ain't going out like this We ain't That felt good, y'all. This is on the new record. I've been saying this since we started these uh, 
Um, Fridays at four. Because we've only done these because of COVID, because of Corona. And I know that there's a lot of people still today that are, are struggling financially. Uh, and we're praying for y'all. If you're not struggling financially and you want to download a country record, uh, we'd appreciate you buying ours. It is available anywhere you can buy music online. And if you want an actual CD, you can go on my website and buy the actual CD. They'll ship it out to you. You can also buy a face mask. I think that's funny. We now sell face masks. But you can buy them. Uh, and this song is on that record. I hate the taste of whiskey cause it burns and it don't get me drunk enough. Found out the sound of her walking out of the click of her suitcase closing shut. No, I don't look at pictures, all it does is make me miss her every day. Lord, I hate the taste of whiskey, but I drink it anyway. It runs like a river through my veins, kills my liver, wrecks my brain. Makes me numb, but I still feel the pain. So I pour and pour, then pour some more to me in the bottle. Hit the floor, another shot in the dark won't stop this heartache. Lord, I hate the taste of whiskey, but I drink it anyway. There's teardrops in my coffee Falling like a melancholy kind of rain I'm sinking like a stone And I'm stoned like I'm high on her cocaine Isn't her or the bourbon got me But I drink it anyway It runs like a river through my veins Kills my liver, wrecks my brain Makes me numb, but I still feel the pain So I pour and pour and pour some more To me in the bottle, hit the floor Another shot in the dark won't stop this heartache Lord, I hate the taste of whiskey But I drink it anyway Lord, I hate the taste of whiskey But I drink it anyway But I drink it anyway.
Well, there you go. Hope y'all enjoyed that. That is actually music that we uh, we're recording for our Fridays at four. Um, and y'all can check that out on YouTube. Uh, and if you don't get to see this, you can download the Craig Morgan Music and More podcast on iTunes and anywhere music can be downloaded. The podcast is available, so check it out. I'm back with Kyle. Uh, I want to talk about VTAC, your company. Um, how how long after you got out, or, or you actually were working on this prior to your uh, getting out of the military? Yeah, so we started, I had some ideas for equipment I wanted to make. So I started doing that, and I was doing some classes for some folks. But why did you have ideas about the equipment? Because the equipment we had sucked. Ah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Contingency. Yeah, contingency. <laughs> trying to figure out how to make it yeah, better. How, do, right. how can we make something better? And so there's a lot of things that go into that process. So mm -hmm. for me, like, okay, I want it made in America. I want it something that actually makes your life easier as a soldier or a law enforcement guy or as a civilian that's carrying a gun or whatever, you know. And some of the stuff isn't really for that. We got beard oil. We got some other crazy yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah. we're doing. That's just so that you can look good. Though, you know? <laughs> you got to look good. You got to look good. My <sighs> wife my wife used to say that when she was racing barrels. She had this barrel horse, and she'd come out there, black horse and like a white saddle blanket. I mean, and she's all duded up. She's looking good. And she's like, if you're going to be good, you got to look good. Yeah. And she was good. She was really good. But so we started making, uh, I started the company with Melinda there a few years before I got out of the military. And then in 2006, our daughter graduated from high school. So my wife quit teaching school at that point and started doing VTAC full time. And she was kind of like sitting there. There wasn't a lot going on. And just kind of figuring out how we were going to run this business, running out of our garage and our house in Fayetteville, North Carolina, Fort Bragg there. And then by the time I retired, um, when I got out of the military, I had one year of classes booked. So I spent 42 weeks on the range my first year out of the military. To you guys that are shooters, that sounds awesome. But I couldn't pick up a cup of coffee. I had 10 the night. It's so bad from mm. all the shooting. Because we don't just stand there. We actually show actually the guys shoot, yeah. how, to, how to do what we're doing. And and uh and demonstrate that so that got us really moving fast because 42 weeks on the range word spread so we were doing mostly instruction and a little bit of sales on product and now our sales are more than what our instruction is so it's kind of flipped it around but that's because we kind of grew our our name there and i think you know going back to what you had asked me earlier about when when folks are separating from the military if you think you're going to walk out of the military and put your hand out and say I'm ready for that big paycheck you're going to give me because I'm a former military guy. It doesn't happen unless you're a SEAL. If you're a SEAL, they'll do that. You know, they'll they'll do that for you. Know Jack Carr? Uh, yes. And every yeah. one of these guys yeah. now are going to text me. Every one of the yeah. the, the few Carr. that we know are going to text me and go, "Man, you guys are a bunch of jackasses." <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. But, They're yeah. going to text me too. But yeah. Jack Carr and I were doing a thing for Black Rifle Coffee, and I said that we were doing the I've veterans react did you see it yes it's i watched funny. it it's, it's really funny. good and i said about the dog tags yeah I said, oh, and you, you said yeah, you seals always wear dog tags he goes oh yeah yeah we always we always wore them and i said oh and it's got because it's got your your uh <laughs> it's what do you call it your uh you've got one uh uh your uh religious preference no not your religion your your, your uh Blood type. No, I think what no, it was no, you, I I what you said you said you got your producer what is he got uh what's the guy that manager uh oh yeah what did you say though you're I'm the professional i can't remember what the what the word was i used. i just watched it was this. pretty funny it was time, really funny we just kind of dropped pull that it up here. uh kyle lamb uh 
Why, agent, uh, agent. I said, agent, you, you got yeah. your agent's name on your dog tags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he laughed and laughed. That dude is a great guy. And I don't know if you've read his books, but his books are amazing. I'm oh, not, really? I'm not into fiction. Jack Carr's books are, they're amazing. Yeah. Uh, when he, he was at a function we were at one time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and oh, had just, a, I got a couple of his books oh, there. Oh, he's an awesome, yeah. awesome dude. And uh, anyway, so... Uh, where was I at? I, I got hit on the head somewhere along in that story. And uh, Oh, Viking Tactics. Yeah. So we started this business. Okay, neither one yeah, of us yeah. could remember. That's what's bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's your name? I don't know. I need dog tag. It's okay, Bill. I got you back, right? Viking so, Tactics. Yeah, so, so we started not, in your garage and she wasn't. Yeah, we, yeah. we do consulting for companies like Leupold, mm -hmm. uh, Sig, Sauer as well. We, we've helped them with some stuff. Great great companies we have designed products for other companies we've done uh, we've got our own knives we've got the the nylon gear all of our stuff except for one product is made in america we have one product that's made in canada northern america, america. <laughs> and uh other than that everything's made in america that we do now some of the companies we've worked with they've they've sent some stuff offshore but you know like you look at loophole all their stuff's made right there yeah right right here i should say um yeah, so that, that's kind of where we went with that. And things have, things have changed as we've went. We, we used to just do the shooting classes, and then I got kind of shamed into doing a leadership seminar. I'd written a couple books. I wrote, uh, I forget the name of my books, but anyway, Green Eyes and Black Rifles and Stay in the Fight. One's a rifle book and one's a pistol book. And then I wrote a book called Leadership in the Shadows, Leadership in the Shadows. I, that, that's the first book of yours I read, and it made me go back and read the other ones, and I... I haven't gone back and read the other ones yet, but I have them. They're not on audio, so that's probably why. Uh, that, have, that's why I didn't get to there. read those. Yeah. Uh, I do a lot of audio books. <laughs> hey, listen, everybody, seriously, uh, Leadership in the Shadows, go get the book. And it is on audio book, and I'm the guy that reads it. I know, so. I, I know. That's what I said. I, that's what I got it was the audio book. Oh, you did? Yeah, I so really did. So can I ask you just honestly? Yeah, ask me honestly. I, I don't have to answer honestly. <laughs> did you get me. choked up when I read that book? Did I get choked up? Choked up. Uh, I don't think choked up is the right word. I, I felt there was a, a, there was a particular uh, um, situation in there. Yeah. I didn't get yeah. choked up, but it, it, I, I felt I, something. So I was in a room locked in a studio. Now, I'm, you know what a studio is like. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. We got a, the dude running the, this thing, recording it or whatever. And Lucas is there. Mm, I know. So I got my son there. And first of all, reading your own book, I thought, I wrote it. I can read it. Come on, bro. You know what I mean? It's yeah. easy. Uh -huh. So one night, Melinda and I are in bed, and she goes, are you ready for this thing? I mean, we were paying a lot of money to go in there to the studio and get this thing recorded. And I go, yeah, I'm ready. And she goes, well, let me hear you read a chapter. We're in bed. So I read a chapter to her, gets done, and she goes, here, and hands me her phone. She recorded it when I read it. Made you listen. Made me listen. I'm like, that's terrible. She goes, <laughs> she goes, you might want to practice. So you've been in my office. I'm standing in my office reading this book out loud and, and trying to get it right. And then I, I'm like, Lucas, can, I, I'm going to need your help, man. So Lucas goes with me. And so Lucas is sitting right there. And I'm reading. I'm looking at him. He's like, <laughs> and I read it again. You know, I, get, I keep doing it until I get the right inflection and everything. Yep. You know, you're a famous actor and all that, so you, you know how <laughs> to do that. But I'm, I'm not. I like to get up and talk to people, but that's different than reading a book out loud. So I get to that part, and I was a, I was a wreck. 
And I finish reading about that. I'm reading about John Hale, who was my, my first team leader in the unit. Great man, great leader. And unfortunately, he committed suicide. Now, I don't talk about that in the book because the book came out. Yeah. And he killed himself later. But I'm talking about this guy, and I'm, I'm thinking back to this great man and what happened to this guy that, that put him in that state that, that he would commit suicide. And I barely made it through that last part of the chapter. And I mean, I was like, oh. and I get done. I said, give me a minute. And I'll do it again. And no, that was the end. And Lucas is like, nope, next chapter. And I'm like, Whew. and I thought, okay, it meant, I mean, what, and I've had people email me. They're like, dude, you, you poured your heart out. And I'm like, Whew. yeah, I, I don't, I, I told my wife this. I said, when I get up to give a speech about something, if I get to something that is normally emotional and I don't feel that, I'm never going to get up and talk about that again. Because if you get up there and you're you just regurgitating that. words, yeah. memorize, I don't memorize anything. You know that. You've seen me in action. You never know where I'm going when I get up to <laughs> talk, amazing. right? So a lot of times I, I, I get that inspiration from, you know, I've up there. You know, you the and I have had some, had some very, uh, we've had some pretty close talks yep, about yep. stuff. And, you know, seeing you and, and that inspires me, or, I, I, or like Tom Davin, we've done some stuff with him. I see him and I'm inspired by this or or some veterans that are there, or, or whatever it might be, but, uh, you know, yeah. you, I don't think you ever will, though, that's your character, I think, you know, you, you have a, a human, and, and I'm not just, you know, tooting your horn, so to speak, but, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. but seriously, yeah. you, you have that character, and, and that's why at the beginning of this thing, I tell everybody, these podcasts that I'm doing, I'm not having somebody on my podcast, just to have them on here, I only want people like that, yeah. I only want people that I know have that emotion. You know, you said something at the beginning, you know, Black Lives Matter. Yes, they do. Not the organization, but the yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's, that's who we are. We care. We're genuine. And I don't think you'll ever lose that. Uh, but I do know what you're saying. Sometimes you say something a lot. And it, after repetition, you go, I just did that. And it didn't, it didn't strike me the way it did yesterday. You know, so yeah. I like that, you know, and you said I, that I don't need to say that because you need to be passionate and you are. And I, I love that when you speak or, uh, and like you said, I have seen it, uh, your humor. Uh, these are things that are important. Uh, you relate to people. You've been, you've done things that most people have only seen in the movies. Um, and yet at the same time, you're, you're the same guy who will come out here and help somebody change a tire uh, and you're pounding steel. Uh, you know what I mean? Well, You're just I think, a, but the, the thing that some people don't remember when they get into a position that we, some people would say we're in a certain position. Oh, yeah, you're this guy. That's right. They no, try to put us in a, in a no, box or something. We're, we're, yeah. if, if you, as that person, if you go, oh, I was in the Army, I was in the special mission unit, I did all this stuff. If you think that makes you better than anybody in America, you're full of crap, dude. Yeah, I agree. You're drinking your own bathwater, and that's not good for you. You know what I'm saying? So... You, you need to get past that. And I look at every person that I meet and I'm honest with them. I, I, I want them to be successful. I'm, I'm talking to a cop. What do, what, do, what happens when I talk to a cop? They tell me a story and I'm like, man, I wish I could have been there. Yeah. Their war stories are just as good as mine. Except yeah. their war stories are in Portland or Seattle or Dixon, Tennessee or whatever. Yep. So we're all the same kind of person. And I think the other thing is you, you sometimes you, you forget who the real tough guys in America are. And I'm going to tell you, it's not law enforcement and military. 
it's the working men and women that are out there. Yes, sir. I went to do a, uh, you know what an arborist is? Yeah. Okay, I didn't have a clue. I'm like, arborist? Yeah, I have a, a friend, female, who's, or Fred's wife. She's an arborist. So I'm looking for my first squad leader from the 82nd, Jack W. Feltz. <laughs> my buddy goes, just type it in, see if you Google him and see what happens. I'm still in the military. I was just, my, this buddy of mine, um, Bill Lutz at DEA said, so who is inspirational to you in leadership? And I said, these guys. And he goes, when's the last time you talked to Sergeant Feltz? Then I go, I don't know, 1987 or something, hmm. he left the military. Well, you know where he's at? And I said, I have no idea, but I think he was in New York. I searched Jack W. Feltz, and it comes up National Arborist Society. There's a number. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, arborist, he must drill holes or something. I don't know. So, uh, so I call him up, and I leave uh, a message. Come on. I did. I called him up from the unit. Was it the right guy? Yeah, right dude. I call him uh, up. Jack, well, it was Jack W. Feltz. Yeah. How did I know it was Jack W. Feltz? Pre-jump. Remember that? You go through pre-jump, oh, and they yeah, call yeah. your name. Feltz. Sergeant Jack W. w. Feltz. Feltz. <laughs> One each. You know, whatever you would say. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, airborne or whatever you would, you guys, I don't know what you guys said, Hua, airborne, like Hua, yeah, Rangely Dwayne. Yeah, there we go. So, uh, call him up. I leave a message. Yeah, this is, uh, Kyle Lamb. I used to work with a guy named Jack Feltz. If this is the Jack Feltz that it is, call me at this number yeah, at work. Yeah. My phone rings in my office and it, it does an off post ring. And I'm like, hmm, off post, pick it up. He goes, how did you find me? That's what he says. <laughs> He's like, man, I've been, I've been watching what you've been doing. I'm so oh proud of you and all gosh. this stuff. I'm like, that's amazing. This guy was, you know, he's like 10 foot tall and bulletproof, the guy that I'm looking up to. Oh, so that's awesome. he ends up coming to my retirement and I gave out five coins at my retirement. So I gave out one to Jack W. Feltz. I gave out one to Ray Comley, who was my first real friend at Fifth Special Forces Group. You may have met him. I don't know. He still lives up here in, in, in uh, Kentucky, t Kentucky, Tennessee, there, wherever, whichever part of the line you're on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I gave one to uh, John Hale, who was my first team leader. I gave one to a guy named uh, Mike Haugen, who was a warrant officer that was my boss when I was in first group. And I gave one to my son. Oh. And it was a special, it was a very special thing, you know. So years later, Jack says, hey, I want you to come up and speak to my folks up here. Okay, what do you got going? A bunch of linemen. <laughs> Not like linemen for a football team. And when they say linemen, that yeah. means line men and women. Yeah, yeah. I showed up to speak at this thing. And remember how I said I walk in the room and I size everything up? <laughs> I was found wanting. <laughs> Dude, even the women there. They were way tougher than I'm ever going to yeah. be. And I'm not saying they were ugly or yeah, big. Yeah. They were just tough gals, yeah. you know. On the brakes, they're out there smoking camel straights. And, <laughs> yeah, we were slinging a line over here. You know, that's the women talking. And, uh, and I thought, okay, in America, we, we try to elevate ourselves like we're something special. Those dudes could have broke my neck and been like, oh. Well, that guy's not very strong, you know. I mean, yeah. they're just tough people. And, and I, I, a lot of times when I go back to South Dakota, I see these farmers and ranchers, and I think, holy cow! I mean, they're they're that's Americana right there. Now, of course, some of those folks join the military as well, but but you're right though. They're tough folks, man. They're working every day of their life. Middle America, yeah, man. it's, it's awesome. what, it's why it's who we are. Oh yeah, it's yeah. what our country really is. Yeah, God, that's funny. You talking about the looking up your old buddy, so. We have a, I have a group text, which to me, I hate those worse than anything in the world, especially this one. 
but I love it at the same time. And it's from uh, it's our entire team from Panama from <laughs> oh, really? 1989. Holy cow! And we have literally up to this point found everyone. And on the group text yesterday, and I done had a bottle of wine at this point, and by eight o'clock I was out. I was already on my way to getting up at two. I mean, that's, that's, I was going to go down and be back up at two. I kind of figured. <laughs> Ten minutes. But it was the coolest thing in the world. And I say that because what you said when you got your buddy, how did you find me? All of these guys. I mean, and it's really funny, like, is the, the conversation. How'd you connect? Uh, I found him on Facebook. Send me an invite for this person. I'm in Panama. I'm, I'm coming to the reunion. You know, we're doing the Panama reunion. Granted, it's still there. Everyone is asleep. I'm not asleep. I was fed up. I can't read those words. <laughs> I mean, I could, but my wife sees this, yeah, might, yeah. might see this. Well, that may be a good thing, talking about how everything is changing. I mean, it's just, and you yeah. sat there. I read them this morning. I read the entire chain and going, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, 17 yeah. guys that I worked with in 1989. And a lot of them in 1990, 1991. Um, and then here they are. Some of them I haven't talked to since 89. So let me ask you, uh, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah. Do you Again, think, this scares me. <laughs> do you think we should have mandatory military service or mandatory national service in America? Do I think we should or do I think it would be a good thing? <laughs> Two different questions. I think it would be a great thing. I think it would be, I think if we had mandatory 24 month service, and I think you got to do at least 24, 12 don't give you enough yeah, yeah. because the time you enroll yep, basic yep, AIT yeah. and, and any additional training, airborne, ranger school, I mean, heck, you can stay in school for two years. Yeah. But I think if we did have that, if we had mandatory military, I think what we're seeing in Seattle, I think what we're seeing in Utah, uh, all these uh, uh, places around the country, I don't think we'd be seeing it. Yeah, and I... I've, because I think they would have a greater appreciation for how fortunate we are in this country. And, and less... Man, half those kids out there doing that crap have no idea. Well, and I think what, what's, what's important about that, why would there be less of that? And the reason I think there would be less is because every single person that you would come into contact with in America, every person... Have that training. You would have... No, no, you would have <laughs> something in common with them. Oh, that's a fact. And right now, we don't... You know, you go to some Antifa person... Other than, I mean, like they arrested 20 people the other day and 13 of them were school teachers. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> so I guess I'm a, a teacher, so we got that in common. But the bottom line is if you, if you rolled up wherever and you met somebody, you could say, hey, what outfit were you with? Yeah. Bam, right there, there's connection. a connection. No matter what side. I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't that's a matter. Great, you that's know? a great And I point. wish that we had that. Um, I think that mandatory service... And it doesn't have to be military, even though I think every person could serve in the military at some capacity. I don't care, you know, the days of having flat feet and all that crap gets you out of it. Yeah, Going yeah, to Canada or whatever, yeah. I don't think that's a, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. So anyway. We, I, I, we were talking about, I was doing a movie up in Canada, and while we were up there, I was amazed. I seen more American flags flown up there than I did at home before I left to go up there. I got to tell you, I saw a Biden uh, actually, I didn't see it. Melinda saw it. I was driving. I saw one, or she saw one. You saw one? A Biden? One. A no, Biden? that's the only... Uh, now, this. I'm, I'm not trying to be smart aleck here, but in Tennessee, so we go from where we live down to Linden, 
over to Columbia, you know the area we run, yeah, yeah. over to Dixon, into Nashville. We drive all the way up to Virginia where my daughter is stationed, and all the way back, we saw some Bernie stickers. We never saw one Biden sticker, not one Biden sign. We saw Trump stuff everywhere. Yeah. But we were in Columbia the other day. We're driving. Melinda goes, oh, I saw Biden. And I'm like, I want to stop and take a picture. So I'm like, <laughs> it's almost like it doesn't exist. It's, you like, know? it's like a Sasquatch. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, uh, yeah, he's going to crush it because now he's got an African-American VP that's uh, from Jamaica and India. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm from South Dakota. Yeah. I can't cipher that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway, I just thought it was interesting that I, it is I interesting. saw one sign. It is so interesting. We'll see what happens. I, I, I do agree with what you said. I think there would be, and that's probably a, a, a better observation, quite honestly. I hate to give you that one, but <laughs> but that's true. You yeah. would instantly. Well, that's what we do in the military. I have a veterans meeting here once a month. We haven't had them since COVID. Um but uh, we're about to have our, our, our next meeting. It's just guys from we had. I mean, we had a Vietnam veteran come in one day. I must have missed the invite on that. Part. No, no, you've been invited no, a few times. No, oh yeah. Oh come on now. I swear. Oh, that's right. Uh, I got my Craig blocker on. <laughs> that's what it is. You talk about me. Oh, that's Craig. <laughs> oh yeah, can't answer that one. That's what really happened. But this, I want to tell you this story because you'll appreciate this because you're old. Uh, so this Vietnam veteran. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right there you're gonna Bill. hit me before it's yeah. over i'm no, just prepared though i'm ready for it with my colonel haircut <laughs> you look good he walked in now i gotta tell you he looked like a hipster when he walked in didn't he oh my his God. pants i'm telling you right now if i took if i took a credit card and i lubed it up with grease i could not get it in the in the pocket of his britches. That is not true. My With, hands are in my pockets now. Get your hands out of your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting in this meeting, and all these younger veterans, and we got we cover the gamut from, uh, again, not Vietnam, but from Panama forward, yeah, yeah. Uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, even some other places. Got a couple group guys, and this old vet was sitting there, and and we, you know, it was his first visit. So we asked yeah. him to tell us a little bit about his story. You know, where'd you serve? He said Vietnam and such such and man instantly all these younger guys were like thank you thank you and he got real upset uh, I mean like almost emotional he's like don't 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 thank me I didn't I didn't want that and in fact and he went like for 20 minutes this rant and one of my guys uh, Ben who's like the quietest guy uh, SF medic just you know just he's the most mellow calm and he just out of the blue Ben leans over and says. Well, if it weren't for you, you know, we'd have, we'd have went through what you went through. And it was like everybody went. I mean, guys were tearing up. And, you know, I'm not, you know, you know how it is. You've got men's that, men's yeah, men. That gets me right I now. I mean, it man. hammered yeah, me, yeah. man. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And the old guy said, you're welcome. And it was like, holy shit, man, this guy, what he went through. Yeah. And Ben wrapped it all up in that one little sense. If you didn't, if you hadn't went through what you went through, we would be. So thank you. Yeah. And, he, and it was it was pretty amazing. And that's moment. why we get these groups together because there's a dude in your group that's struggling, and you got to be there when they when they're having that problem. You got to be there, and I don't know when it's going to be. We can't save everybody, but we got to be there when we have a chance. And that sometimes was your it's chance. just like you said that right. phone call. Yeah. Hey, just checking in. I got yeah. you back. Yeah. And you're right. We can't do, it, do them all. I know. I see a lot of these social media things, you know, and I'm not, I'm not kicking anybody. I'm really not. 
because uh, I know they're bringing awareness. I guess that's the, the most important thing. We have to, I have to appreciate the fact that they are bringing some awareness. But, like, you know, I'm going to do 22 push-ups a day for that. And I get it. I, I respect that. But I, I, for me, it's like the guy doing push-ups on Facebook ain't as important as the guy just checking in on his buddy. And we have to do, we have to do that. And, and our society needs to be doing a better job. That's why I love this Operation Finally Home organization I work with. They don't just go build a house for the veteran. They bring the veteran in and say, hey, look, we're going to work with you. They, they you know, uh, we're going to do this. We're going to build a house. But here's, here's what you're going to do. Yeah, mission. Have yeah. a mission. Yeah. yeah. And, and they get the community involved. So by the time that house is done, man, the community and that veteran yep. are integrated yep. and they become. And I say all of this because I, I want to go back to what you said. If, that, if every one of us served, if the guy who's over here protesting was standing in front of a cop, and the cop said, hey, who'd you serve with? It might be a little less confrontation because they do have that to share. I just hate that we, where we're at, you know, especially the, like with Black Lives Matters. I'm like you. I don't support the organization. I absolutely support the people. Of course. You know, yeah, we all course. do. Yeah, I mean, any yeah. human, any decent human is going to support, you know, equal rights, human rights, you know, and uh, all of the things that, that, they, that we talk about. Uh, and and I, I think back on it, and I was looking at all my buddies, these lists. You know, and, and there's a couple black guys that were in our unit. And it's funny because I looked at it and I go, you know, I never, I never looked at those guys as black guys. No. I never seen yeah, them as it's, black guys. It's, it's funny because some people ask me, well, how was, there, how was racism in the military? And I go, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's what I Well, said. how did you deal when you had this kind or this kind? And I'm like, no, they were my teammates. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, when they made the team, they were called teammate. I never went, hey, black teammate. Yeah. Hey, white teammate. Hey, yeah. Mexican or Puerto Rican or whatever. Yeah, or yeah. Asian dude. No, it's like, that's your teammate. That doesn't mean that we're going to give them a break. That means that we love them and they're going to have my back when I'm going. When I go left, they're going right. They got my back. They're not going. You know what's happening. I ain't going right because that's a white dude. Yeah. It ain't happening. That's right. Yeah. And I've seen that. And, you know, and one of the guys that's in our group, uh, uh, is, I mean, he kind of goes left. And I kind of go a little more right. But, man, it's amazing. I still, we, I love talking to him. Yeah. I love that guy. I mean, I love him like a brother. Yeah, yeah. And that'll never change no yeah. matter. And, I, you know, I got yeah. another friend, another, a mutual friend, uh, who, who, who's mad at me right now. And I text him the other day, and he won't text me back. But I text him, you know, I told him, you're not going to make me so mad that I'm not going to say I love you. Yeah. I'm yeah. always going to love you, no matter what you say when or do. When we get done, you'll have to tell me who it is, and I'll start You know who it too. is. But, I mean, I, I love him. And, and I, <laughs> yeah. I love his wife, and I, I'm, I will never stop loving him no matter how mad he might get at me. Uh, and, and it's human. I think that's human nature. We're going to make mistakes. I think uh, another thing we have to look out for, though, is we, when, you, when somebody upsets you in this group, you got to let them walk. I, just, I wrote a, a thing about this the other day. you got to let, let them walk off into that dust storm, but then be standing right there when they walk back out. Yeah. Because they're going to they're gonna piss you off. They're going to say stuff that's, that's mean about you or your family or your, how you wear your pants or whatever it might be. <laughs> but eventually that person's going to come back and you got to be there. So don't, you know, you know, and, and, and we don't know where they're, where they're at. Yeah. I and mean, it's, and it's, it's us sometimes. Don't, I don't know what's going on in his life. There could be yeah. more to what's happening. And, and same with me, you know, unfortunately my, a lot of my life is, is public. 
So people know my heartache, which quite honestly makes it a little more difficult to deal with sometimes. Yeah. You know, I'd, sometimes I'd rather people just not know. And, yeah. You know, and, but, but it is what it is. Yeah. But, man, I'm going to, that's going to be, uh, uh, going to be the new motto and, and we'll give the credit where credit is due. Uh, love everybody. I love you. <laughs> I love you too, brother. I, I'm just saying that, and I will. You know, we got to do that, even with yeah, the people man, that Yeah, man, it makes a big. It makes a big difference. Yeah. It gives you. It doesn't mean you're weak. No, you're right. It it has nothing to do with that. You look at the strongest people in history, and they had no problem saying that or, yeah. or showing that. You know, and so why would we not look at those people and say, man, I want those people to be. I want. I want them to to come around. Um, you know, like these Antifa people, they're hard to love because they're confused for one reason. They're called Antifa, anti-fascist, and they're actually fascists. <laughs> so how do they, I don't understand how they, uh, they got to have some confusion going on. Oh, uh, yeah, how can you, know? you be, your name is anti-fascist and you're fascist. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous, but. It uh, is. Well, dude, I do love you, and I can't thank you enough. Hey, listen, everybody, uh, Google Kyle Lamb. Get his books, and I'm not just telling you to because he don't he don't need that as much as uh, as you you'll appreciate it when you read them. Go ahead. Can you I got? talk about Stay in the Fight Foundation real quick? Oh, I want you to. Uh, have we already shown the? Uh, have we shown this? Okay, so I'm gonna and we're gonna take I'm gonna cut away. We're not gonna take a break. We're gonna keep talking. But while we start this, I want you to look at some of the things I talked earlier about you pounding steel. Yeah, I mean, I got all the time in the world. I just didn't want you to have to feel like, you know, I didn't want you to stay any longer around my pants than you had to. <laughs> I can't help but stare. <laughs> like, it looks like two puppies fighting So over. right now they're looking at Nice hearing you talk about <laughs> two puppies. Oh, my gosh. Oh my so goodness. I talked about you pounding steel. You're making these things. But you haven't really, uh, this isn't something that you put on your website at VTAC. You're not selling these things. No, no, no. This isn't, so yeah. talk about what you, what you are doing with them. So I'm going to go back a couple years. Yeah. My wife, uh, hurt her back. So she picked up our granddaughter. She's like, Oh, what's up with my back? And then it got progressively worse. It was a Thursday. We came back from Gettysburg. We went up there to do a battlefield tour. And I met with a, this writer, Jeff Shera. Great time. But Melinda couldn't, she, she always walks me into the dirt, you know? And she's like, yeah, I don't really feel like walking. I'm thinking, whoa. And our, we were staying in this old, old house in downtown Gettysburg there. And you had to walk up steps. So she's like, hey, could you go down? And, and I'm like, what? Go, huh? It doesn't, you know, you, you've met my wife. She's, oh, yeah, yeah. She's a tough gal, yeah. you know? So that's on a Thursday. We come home Saturday night. We're play, staying in our cabin down in Linden. Sunday morning. I wake up, reach over. She's not in bed. I go out to get a cup of coffee, and I'm like, hmm. So I walk into the guest bedroom, and she looks like she's been gut shot. She's laid up on the covers, and I touch her back, and she's ice cold. And I'm like, Melinda, are you all right? And she goes, can you take me to the emergency room? Roger that. So I go back to get some shorts on, and by the time I walk out, she's gone. I look out. She's sitting in the car, kind of leaned over. I go out and get in her truck, and we drive down to the emergency room. I take her in there, and they go, what's the pain level? She goes, one out of ten? And I go, or they go, yeah. And she goes, ten. Now, when she was having a baby, they asked her, and she said, one, maybe two. Wow. She's at a ten, dude. So they give her some shots, and she can't stand upright, can't get out of there. And, they, and the nurse there, this lady was just amazing. She says, comes to me, and she says, look at me. 
on Monday, you go to Columbia, you walk in there, and you don't leave until they take care of your wife. They'll take you in. You just go there. You don't have an appointment. You show up. They will take care of her. Roger that. So I head in there. I walk up, and uh, Melinda's, like, hunched over there. She can't stand up, so we made it through the weekend. She, uh, they said, we, we can't take you today, but, whoa, just a minute, honey. We'll take care of you. They get her in there. They put her in the doctor's office, and, and she, my wife's in tears just having to go get an X-ray and all this stuff. And the doctor comes in, and he does the checks to see if she's got any feeling. And he's like, uh, the soonest I can get you in for surgery is one week from today. And I'm like, back surgery? That's a big deal. You don't yeah, just jump yeah, yeah. into back surgery. And I said, doc. And he goes, listen to me. And he's hitting, and, hitting, and she doesn't have any reaction. He's like, if we don't fix this now, she may have permanent damage. I'm like, well, oh, man. you know. So she takes the drugs they give her for one week. One week. And, you know, oxycodone or whatever. She takes that, and she's like a different person. And we don't, Lucas and I are like, oh, what do we do, you know? Comes out of that, goes in for surgery that next Monday, and she, we, we go in for the surgery, and walk in there they get her all gussied up to go in and they go oh your insurance wasn't approved so we're not doing the surgery and i'm like stop <laughs> so i go down to the truck and i get a checkbook and i come up and i write a check for her surgery and thank goodness we had enough money to do that yeah. wrote a check for her surgery she goes in has surgery it was worse than they thought one hour after surgery she's walking and she's pain-free what that's that's crazy right so for the next two months, I'm dealing with a woman that I have no idea who she is. That one week of being on oxycodone jacked her up so bad. And my wife is very religious, and she was having some dark oh, times, wow. you know. Wow. So get all through this. And I'm not trying to, I don't want sympathy. I'm just saying this is what led us to this. So Melinda tells me, she says, I didn't like that. And I didn't like that that they weren't going to take care of me. And how do you think that would have been if I was, if we were still in the military, we would have went home because we, we wouldn't have had a checkbook to pull out and write a check for the surgery. Eventually it was like two years later, we got paid back or whatever. But, um, and Melinda was you know healed up after that, but she said, uh, we need to help people. I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I've always tried to help people. She was, no, we're going to, we're going to start an organization to help people. Wow. And I go, well, I ain't in. <laughs> and she goes, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, I'm, I'm, I've had it up to here with veterans organizations. And I'm not, tr I, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yep, absolutely. And she goes, this ain't a veterans organization. And I said, okay, well, tell me about it. And she goes, every penny that we take in goes to help somebody. And I'm like, I'm still listening. <laughs> and she goes, and we help anybody that's a human. You don't have to be military, law enforcement, a human being. We're going to help you out. So I'm like, okay, well, then what are we going to do? She goes, well, I like when you always say stay in the fight because that motivates people. Two things I say that motivate people, stay in the fight and God bless America. Two things that are, I think they're all right. So we call it the Stay in the Fight Foundation. And like I said, every bit of it goes towards helping people like that. So around this area where we live, we've helped women that, and, and, and when you fill out the paperwork, it says, the first question is, do you have a job? If you don't have a job, we're not where you go. If you have a job and you have something that has 
got in your way of success. It could be going to the doctor and you can't afford to pay, you know, that little bit that you got to pay to get the yeah. treatment there, the, the um, whatever it's called. Um, we both can't remember that no, one now yeah. either. Um, your portion, what's that called? Proceeds? No, when you pay your, your uh, doctor. Deductible. deductible. We got, luckily, we got one guy that's under, under, he's under 50. Jerry. Yeah, he's. He's Rolodex. Yeah. So you, you, uh, we're, we're, we're not very smart no. dudes here. Um, but our heart is in a good place, right? As I said we about Ilhan Omar, I said, well, bless her heart. Yeah, we work um, hard. Yeah. So, so these people come to us and they go, I got a job and I can't pay my rent because this happened. I've got kids. I'm a single mom or I'm a, what, whatever it is. And just to give you an example, that's happened to some some mothers. It's happened to some fathers. We had an SF guy that's a friend of mine, and he didn't come to us. I was out training, and he's suffering severe TBI. He's in, in, not doing well, you know. You wouldn't, when you talk to him, you wouldn't really know that. But when you're like, what is this? And he looks at it, and he goes, mm. I forget what you call that thing. Wow. Well, you know what I mean? And we yeah, have yeah. that, but that's because we're senile. But he had it because his brain got juggled around a little yeah, bit yeah. there. So when he went in for TBI. Uh, um, review? Yeah, whatever, to review and then to get taken care of. Right. They're, they're saying, well, you need this, you need this, you need this. Well, here's this supplement. And the, the Army says, well, we won't pay for that supplement. But he needs that. Well, they won't pay for it. So... I'm listening to this. I'm driving to the range with this guy, and I'm like, they won't pay for the supplement. Yeah, I'm trying to get Green Beret Foundation to do it, mm. which they're a great organization too, mm -hmm. but they got a lot of a lot of steps to go through to, yeah. to get uh, approved. And I said, hmm. So I called Melinda. I go, hey, uh, my buddy's got you know this. She knows the guy. And she goes, yeah, just tell him, tell him to send us a receipt. So he sends the receipt or the invoice for this medication that he needs. It's not a medication. It's a supplement. And... That happens in one day. Yeah. So we're able to help this help this guy. So anyway, I started forging knives and tomahawks. I started just making tomahawks because it's kind of the Viking thing to do. It's yeah. it's kind of cool, you know, doing it with my son, and it's just awesome. And somebody looked at one. They go, "Well, how much for one of these?" And I go, "Not for sale." <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell them. And I'm like, I don't want to. I I took an order. So this this uh, this fellow calls me from Indiana, and he goes, "Yeah, our buddy." is uh, leaving the SWAT team and we want to get him one of them. We want to place an order. I'm like, oh, okay. And I got off the phone. I'm like, oh man, no. <laughs> so he calls me back up. He goes, you know, we, we end up, we don't need that. And I'm like, oh, good. And then two days later, he calls me back up and he goes, no, I, you know what? We do need that. And I said, well, I have a rule. I don't take orders. And he goes, but wait a minute. I said, no, no. I had a cop call me and I took an order and I should have never done that and I'm never going to do it again. It's the same dude that I took the order from. Yeah. I said, I ain't doing it. I said, I'll make some tomahawks and then you can look at them and whatever one you want, you can make a donation to Stay in the Fight Foundation and you might get a parting gift, you know, in your gift bag there or whatever. So I'm talking to Fred Eichler, our buddy, yep. who's the, he's killed everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah. With a bow. Yeah. Tyrannosaurus yeah. Rex. <laughs> I mean, I think he was the guy that got Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely stuck him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He, uh, outstanding dude. Yeah. And he and I are very, very good friends. And I'm telling him, I sent him a picture. He's like, I want one. And I go, you can't have one. And it just pissed him <laughs> off. And he goes, my phone rings. He's like, what are you talking about? And I go, dude, I'm just making these for fun, but I'm thinking about doing this. And he goes, well, the very first one that you let out of your forge, 
I want it. He goes, I will donate to stay in the fight foundation. And I'll promote it and I'll do all this stuff. So that one I showed you there, there's one that's, that's uh, got it's a actually he is. That's is that his. the one with the inlay? No, no. Okay, good. He hasn't seen that one. Well, the inlay one is, is still up for grabs. We're making a nice donation to, uh, Oh, good. Stay in the awesome. fight for yeah. that one. So, so anyway, we, that's, what's going to happen with those. Uh, you don't find me. I'll find you. I'm not, I don't care what you want. I I really don't care. I'm going to do what makes my brain not yeah, hurt. Yeah. And I'm going to pound on that steel. And if something comes out good and you're like, wow, that's kind of neat. I made a, you know, spontoon is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you, so I made. Forged it? A, a spontoon, like with a yeah. big arrow. On, yeah. Yeah. So I, I make this thing. It's about this long. It's, it's wicked, wicked looking. I don't have that with me, but I couldn't bring it in my truck. It was too long. I'd have to put one of them signs on the back, the red <laughs> signs hanging off there. So I make that, and my buddy calls me from Michigan, and he's an Indian, bro. Oh. Like feather-wearing Indian. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Half, half Indian. Indian <laughs> and he says, dude, that stuff is cool that you're making. He goes, man, if you ever make a spontoon, I want that thing. And I'm like... Hold your thought. Bro. <laughs> I literally made it two days before it was meant me. to be. It's yeah. meant to be for yeah. that dude right there. Yeah. You know, this guy's name is Sean and he's, he's, uh, his Indian name is Shawnee Qua. That's what I call him <laughs> or Shante, you know, if he's out there, you know, singing rap or something, but super good dude, uh, just retired, uh, from the military, spent most of his time as a reserve guy. But, uh, so it's just funny how this kind of, it, it kind of all happens. I had a guy the other day call me from down the road and he says, uh, I didn't know you lived here, but I heard one of your podcasts and you, you mentioned where you live. And I thought, Hmm, got this stalker dude, right? <laughs> so what do you, what do you do? We're just, we're conversing on email. And he goes, yeah, I work at a machine shop that we, we fix these big hammer machines, like big hammer machines, oh, yeah, yeah. like 600 ton hammer. You know what oh, I mean? They're three gosh, stories yeah. tall. They do this crazy stuff. And I thought, man, I kind of like to meet this dude and uh, meet this guy as big as a house great great guy uh grew up in that area uh, his wife grew up in that area as well so he comes over first time he met me and he walked into my shop and i just recently moved my shop from our barn that big brown barn we actually built a forging shop, shop. and, actually, and i was still in the big barn and uh he walks in and he starts looking at the knives and everything and he's like hmm about four or five days later he goes you know that I made a knife called the Patriot when, for VTAC. It's a swoopy blade. You've probably seen it. I forged one just like that, and it come out really, it come out really nice. And I took my buddy cut down a tree 35 years ago and has had that black walnut in his oh, wow. Sent me that black walnut. I made a knife for him. I've actually got that knife over there. He called, this, this guy calls me up, and he goes, that Patriot knife that you forged, I want to buy that from you. And I said, it's not for sale. And he goes, hmm. Well, how could I get a knife like that? And I said, if you'd make a sizable contribution <laughs> to the Stay in the Fight Foundation, you might be able to get that knife. And the next day he drove over and, dude, it's, it's just awesome. I mean, I don't care about those knives. I mean, yeah. once I'm done with it, I've got what I wanted out of them. Oh, really, that's good. Yeah. I, I really don't care. I mean, yeah. it'd be nice if it went to somebody that was like, wow, this is pretty cool. But it's not... I'm not doing it. I don't know. Maybe that sounds weird, but I know I get it. I get it. My, uh, my mileage out of it by that time. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, (laughs) he gave, he wrote a checkout, stay in the fight foundation. I was like, well, this could be awesome. 
you know, and, and now I'll get that one out to Fred. And, so the and more the more money we raise for staying in the fight, the more you'll be able to help them people. Yeah, whoever, there. just whoever yeah, it is that humans. needs help. Uh, you know, uh, we talked to a gal, her husband, or we, we actually talked to her friend. This lady's husband has been through the mill with, uh, I think he has COVID now, but he also had uh, to have some body parts removed because of being a diabetic and just mm. and she wants to take some time off from being a school teacher which right now i guess is a good time but <laughs> it's she can't do that because she can't afford to take time off because he's in the hospital or whatever right. so we haven't got this all worked out yet but somebody like that why would you not you know not help that person out a little bit it's just a weird it's a weird circumstance but that's what it's that's what it's for you know and i think the reason the reason the veterans organizations bothered me was because I would go and I'd get talked into doing something for a veterans organization. Then I went there. I'm like, dude, I didn't even want to look at the stage. I was so embarrassed for these people. Yeah. And I, I kind of told Melinda, I said, I can't, I can't do this. I just can't. I see this guy who's all jacked up, whether it's mentally or physically, and they bring him up there and they make a big deal about it. And then this dude goes back to his crappy life and they take all this money in, and he never sees any of it. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't get anybody to help him, to call him, to sit down with him, to help him get a job, to get him rehabilitated, none of that stuff. And uh, so that's when I started being like, mm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not helping with that. Like, you know, taking veterans hunting, I think that's awesome. Take a veteran hunting. But when you're done hunting with them, let's take him to church, and then let's take him out and get him a job, and then let's make sure his family's squared away. If you're just taking him hunting and then you forget about him, I, I got a problem with that. Yeah, you and I, me both. I really do. Um, that's how I, how I met Charlie Daniels. God rest his fiddle playing. American so, soul. Oh, my goodness. What a good. What Great a, American. What a good dude. I get a call from his uh, manager there, Dave Corlew. Yep. Calls me up. He goes, this is David Corlew from CDB. And I'm thinking, man, I'm not really into those drugs that you take <laughs> to make your joints stop hurting. <laughs> Because I'm thinking CDB, Charlie Daniels Band, but he ain't from Charlie Daniels Band, yeah. you know, but I'm thinking, whatever. So we were talking, he goes, yeah, I heard you spoke at this church over there in Leaper's Fork, and we'd like to have you come possibly speak at this thing we got going, but <laughs> we got to meet you first. And I'm like, yeah, okay. What? I'm like, who is this joker? You know, he's a nice guy, but what's yeah. the deal? I mean, he's a super nice guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. So uh, we get towards the end of the conversation I go yeah I'll meet you whatever you want to do and he goes uh all right well be Charlie's got to meet you and I go Charlie and he goes yeah Charlie Daniels band and I'm like it was CDB he's not trying to sell <laughs> me some drugs you know and uh, I go Charlie Daniels dude I'm in I mean I'm in yeah so I said well would he do a podcast he goes yeah he'll do a podcast and I went oh Charlie Daniel will come on my podcast, you know? <laughs> I had another famous guy, Craig Morgan, was on my podcast <laughs> as well. So Charlie Daniels, I drive out there to meet him, and I'm normally not a starstruck dude, but it was awesome. Yeah. My dog tried to bite Charlie Daniels, have my dog <laughs> trigger in my truck. He goes, yeah, I just walked by that truck, and that blue healer just about got me, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, good thing bro, he didn't you know? get a halt. So Lucas came out there, Melinda came out there, and we all met Charlie, and it, it was awesome. And then I heard about... At that point, I started to hear about Journey Home Foundation. Yeah, yeah. They're doing the right thing. They're, they're actually helping dudes get and dudettes get what they need to be back in the mix when they come back to the U.S. or they get out of the military or whatever. Um, I love what they're doing, so I have no problem helping yeah. them. So now we're just a little bit 
more picky about who we help and yeah we're the same way you have to be i mean you know you, you, you don't i'd rather do a lot for fewer than fewer for more yeah uh you know especially when you do have the opportunity to know some of these organizations and charlie's is a great one you know the armed services ymca i didn't know it existed yeah and when yeah. i found out i thought man I, you know, that's a great what they're doing for yeah. lower enlisted. Like you're talking about, they'll fly kids home. And now this, you know, with COVID, it's kind of jacked things up. So their kids can't leave, you know, like for Alaska, they can't leave Fairbanks. They'll fly the family to Fairbanks to be yeah. with the kids. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool, some of the stuff they do and help them at Christmas. And, you know, it's, it's a long term. It's not just, hey, here, you know, thank you, uh, and then move to the next guy. It's, you know, they... They think about these people, yeah. like I said, with Operation Finally Home, it's, it's, it's ongoing. Right, and that's that's like a um, you know Tom Spooner, mm -hmm. some Warriors yeah. Heart. So when 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 those three folks started Warriors Heart, he come up to me. At, we were at the Shot Show, and we're both standing at this Triptech party, and we're both drinking water. And he's like, "What's up?" And I'm like, "Not much." And I put him through OTC, so I know him very well. Great <laughs> dude, you know. And uh, what's up? Not much. What are you doing? Oh, nothing. You know, we're just kind of having that conversation. <laughs> sure is good water, you know? And uh, I said, what are you doing? Oh, I'm working with Warrior's Heart. And I'm like, so I'm going to be nice. Well, what do they do? I'm like, Warrior's Heart. That just sounds completely stupid. <laughs> so uh, he goes, well, what we do is we got a group of people that want to help soldiers that soldiers law enforcement officers and first responders that have drug and alcohol addiction and traumatic brain injury and pts really can't help with the tbi but we can help with the other stuff to get them on their way and i was like and he goes and there's not a lot of dudes running around with white jackets poking them like they're freaking the rats that we're supposed to talk about here <laughs> um they're actually there to help these guys and gals and then the other thing is you're you're sitting around in this circle and you're looking across and it's another one of you it's yeah. not a law enforcement dude looking at a, a guy that's there because he you know he stole a car and now yeah. he's told he had to be there this is a law enforcement guy looking at a law enforcement guy this is a military dude looking at another military dude and it works i mean they have they're they're spectacular so once i found out about warrior's heart i'm like dude yeah man can what can i do to help he goes I'll let you know. He goes, just start sending me customers. So oh, I was wow. like, okay. He's not asking for money. Yeah. He's asking for people that we to can help. help. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm, I'm talking with him and trying, I'm telling people about this, but I didn't really have personal experience with it. So he tells me one day, he goes, I'd really like you to be on the board of Warrior's Heart. And I go, what do you want me for? And he goes, I just want you to be on the board of advisors and just come out there and see what we got cooking and talk to these other guys and, and, help us brainstorm i'm thinking i really have nothing to bring to this fight but yeah i'm i'm always up for a new adventure so let's go check <laughs> it out so i get on the board and i'm go out and do that thing and i see it and it's it just have you been there mm -mm. dude you need to go i've heard of, i've heard it, a ton it, about well, it, it, it is it's amazing you know they're not out water painting water coloring you know what they're doing they're making stuff out of metal and wood that's what they do to get their mind right yeah, and that's yeah. that's also what kind of put me in that perspective so uh uh I'm teaching a class and I don't know what state or country I was in, but my phone rings or yeah, I think it was either my phone or I got a text or something. And this guy, it's a friend of mine, Duke 
Krieger, he says, uh, and I call him the righteous Duke because he's a preacher. And, and that's what his handle is, righteous Duke. <laughs> he goes, yeah, we got a guy. He needs warrior's heart. What do we do? And I'm like, stand by. And I'm thinking, I've never tried the alert procedure, but let's see what happens. It's, it's like 11 or 12 at night. I pick up the phone and I dial the number. Warrior's heart. I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. I go, yeah, this is Kyle Lamb. I'm with the board, and I just, I don't know what to do. There's this kid. Okay, what's his, you know, what's the story? And I said, well, here's his name, and this is what's up, and what do I do? She said, you, you send them our number and tell him to call at any time, and we're here to help. Well, that's weird. That's not normally what happens. No, uh huh. So the next morning, this kid, he's out west. He gets on the phone and he calls. Because you got to have the, the person that has the trouble has got to do something. Yeah, They yeah. can't just sit there and go, oh, take care of me. Woe is me. They got to get in there and do something too. So he calls and they're like, Roger that. Come to Texas. So they fly him to Texas. And, you know, when you walk in there, they, um, they welcome you home. Yeah. That's a powerful deal. You know? yes, so this is. kid walks in there and they go, welcome home. And, and he, he kicks it, man. He crushes it. And he gets off the booze and works with his PTS. And you know, some people say, well, it's PTSD. No, it ain't PTSD. It's post-traumatic stress. It ain't a disorder. Yeah. This guy has been through something. That's not a disorder. That's his history. Yeah. That's his past. That's what we want to help him with. So he goes in there and, and, and gets help. And and the other thing, like I told you earlier, we can't save everybody. And that also means we can't save every marriage. We can't save every lick of trouble this guy or gal is going to get in. Let's just, let's just have those little wins. And the little win is that he's not drinking. He's not doing any medication. And he's talking to God. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's got a good line of communication going on there. He did end up getting separated from his wife, and that's too bad. I wish that wouldn't happen, you know, and there's always hope that maybe something down the road will, will happen, but when, I, when we actually checked that, when I did that alert procedure and it worked, I'm like, that's real. Okay, Warrior's Heart's, heart's the real deal, and, yeah. it, and that was just one of many, um, and they've never let me down, and that doesn't mean that everybody has success when they go to Warrior's Heart. It doesn't yep. mean that. It means that they do the best that they can, and we save as many of these guys and gals as we possibly can, you know, from themselves. Yeah. So, Man, you have heard us talk about a lot. Kyle, these are great organizations he's mentioned, talked about. Stay in the fight. Uh, if you're watching, share this with your friends uh, so your friends can help. Um, sometimes it don't, you know, don't take much. Whatever you got, if you got it. If you don't, you don't. It's okay, too. But if you do have something, you can help help uh, because when you help it gives us the opportunity to do things that you may not have uh, the avenue to do um, and these are avenues you can utilize and resources uh man i can't thank you enough i'm on before we leave though we're going to talk about some rats some oh, mice. Oh, lucas no the rat lucas well, we got, okay so, <laughs> Here's what I want y'all to do. Lucas, his son does music. It's not country, but I've enjoyed listening to some of his stuff. He, he's a interesting cat. He's very artistic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. he's very creative. Uh, check out his son because we talked. Uh, you know, we always talk about music. We go. You got to hear some songs. We're gonna go. I said this podcast. 
you know, I don't have a format. We're not going to do music every time. We're going to play some. You heard some of the stuff that we played uh, with the band. Um, but but check out Lucas stuff. Yeah, Lucas Lamb live. Yeah. And then his latest album is Vibe With Me. And it's if, – if you like Michael Jackson before he got the facelift <laughs> – You'll like, I mean, he's got some it funk. Is, it's it, good. It's, it's really good, good music, stuff. And it's all very, very positive. Yeah. Um, and some of it, you know, there's, there's always inspiration. You know, where does that come from? And, and one of his songs is called Ride the Tiger. <laughs> and we used to, I had a guy on my team, he said, when we hit an aircraft, what we're going to do is throw in a Bengal tiger with a little monkey on his back with cap guns. <laughs> pow, pow, pow. And he'll be shooting. And, and I always thought that'd be hilarious. Ride the tiger, a little monkey on a tiger. And I, I told a cop this and he goes, Oh, you need to make a t-shirt like that. Well, we never made the t-shirt, but Lucas drew a picture of a Bengal tiger with a little monkey. You remember uh, uh, Whiplash, the little monkey yeah, yeah, that yeah. rides the dog? Yeah. Looks like Whiplash. <laughs> and he's got pistols, and he's got night vision goggles flipped up on his head, little combat boots, and he's riding this Bengal tiger. So he thought that was hilarious. And then he watched the Vietnam, uh, the Ken Burns thing, and there was something in there about ride the tiger. And he ends up. Writing right, that song. Writing that song. And it's, it sounds it's like a you sound like you just described some unit patch. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, you know, especially the air guys, you know, they, they love yeah, that kind yeah. of weird stuff. Did, did you ever meet uh, uh, Benny Atkins? So he was a Medal of Honor winner. He won it during Obama's presidency, but he won it. I mean, he, the act happened was, before. Yeah, it was yeah, like, uh, I forget what year, the 60s sometime. And he wrote a book called... Um, seeing the tiger so, so i forget what the name of it is among uh tiger amongst us so i see this and i'm up at sig academy and they go there's a guy he's a former sf guy and he won the medal of honor and i or they go there's a guy an sf guy that's going to come up here we want you to introduce him and i'm going okay and they go he won the medal of honor i'm like yes yeah i mean wh yeah, whoever would, he is, yeah exactly so they tell mm -hmm. me this story and i'm like I, i've heard of this guy so he's got this book coming out, I'm thinking. And he passed away from the COVID here a couple months ago. Mm. So uh, Tiger Amongst Us, I thought, yeah, he's thinking like they're wearing Tiger Stripe BDUs and all this stuff. Oh, no. When they evac'd their, their site, when their camp got overrun, and they're dragging their wounded and some of their dead with them, they're holed up. And there was Bengal Tigers. Or I don't know if they're Bengal Tigers, but there's Tigers. I don't know the difference between a Tiger and a Bengal Tiger. <laughs> I don't know. But... Uh, there's these tigers, and, and uh, they're holed up, and all of a sudden, they hear, he has the tiger walk up and look at him. Now, I've had elk look at me, and I've had <laughs> bears look at me, but a tiger, bro, that's, that's crazy. So this tiger looks at him, and then the tiger makes a growl and walks around their perimeter, growling. And he's like, we're done, because he got all these wounded and dead guys. Oh, yeah. They're just, Smell of, yeah. yeah. There's just death waiting on this tiger to tear it up. That tiger walked all the way around him, and all of the bad guys heard it, and they all left, and that saved their lives. I'll be darned. And they never saw that tiger again. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. Yeah, it's a, cool, it's a great story, though. And he told me, yeah, we wouldn't see him regularly, Golly. but every now and again we'd see. You don't see many tigers in Hickman County, but. <laughs> yeah, that Dixon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Mice. Rats. Rats. Okay, so the the mouse story. I don't know what you're talking about, but I used to when I would <laughs> deploy, I would always take an air pistol with me too, or an air rifle, and I would shoot critters. Yeah. So I ended up I I shot a uh, well two things happened. 
I shot a mouse with this this air pistol, and I had a I had a picture with me with this mouse, and the somebody took it and they put little black over the eyes of the mouse and then black over my <laughs> eyes standing there. So then everybody thought that was pretty funny. I didn't see the picture till later, and then I was I was getting ready to go out on a mission, and I was putting on all my gear, and one of the guys they took his his BDU shirt. He's like, where's my shirt? You know, we'd have all our stuff hanging there. He's like, where's my shirt? I can't find my BDU shirt. Somebody goes, what's this? And they open up the freezer and they pull out. There's a chunk of ice this big. It's this, and it's his BDU shirt folded up and frozen into a <laughs> chunk of ice. Oh God. It was amazing. So I'm getting my stuff on and I pull back my shirt because I had it hanging up there to dry out. I pull it back and it scared the crap out of me. There's a little doll that's, I've still got it. I'll show you sometime. <laughs> and it's, it's jet black, got a little Afro and everything. And it's got a cigarette hanging out of its mouth. And it's one of those that when you set it up, its eyes open up and look at you. <laughs> scared the crap out of me. So uh, one of the guys goes, let me get a picture. So I grab this doll and I'm standing there. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm all kitted out. Throw it back in there. Away we go. I fly down to Baghdad a couple weeks later to do something, and I walk in the talk, and there's a almost as big as picture of this guy here that you got up, whoever <laughs> that is. Got this big old, that doesn't even look like you, bro. Is that really you? Dang, that's me. Wow. That is one <laughs> hipster bro. Right ADD, man. Dude. So anyway, there's a dude. picture that's this. You got the same disease I got, dude. Look, a big yeah. squirrel. So yeah. there's this big old picture, and it says, Finally, some positive press from Iraq. <laughs> Special Operations Soldier saves burning Iraqi baby. And they had this blown up this big. And I'm with this. Oh my there. gosh. Oh, dude, I laughed and laughed. Oh so my god. They ended gosh. up giving me that picture. I don't have, I still got the picture, but I don't have the, the big one, but I still have the doll there. Oh know? my gosh. So, anyway, so, and then the, uh, you wanted the rabbit story too, didn't you? Yes, the rabbits. So Bob Horrigan. Plural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bob Horrigan was one of my soldiers and great guy. Uh, Bob, and then he's got a twin brother, John. And I had never met John until Bob passed away, but uh, we had done a kill class to, to learn how to kill and process a rabbit in a survival situation. It's just a good animal to you know do that with because it's edible and yeah. It's, it's much like a squirrel or any other little critter that you might find. So uh, a little easier to yeah tame. yeah yeah. So I'm out in the woods. Yeah, can you imagine like if if you said okay, <laughs> grab you a squirrel? <laughs> you know what I mean. And if you if you try to do that with a squirrel, their tail comes off. Yeah, and then they run away anyway. So not, I mean, not that I've tried that, but anyway. So uh, I had to spend the night out in the woods that night, and it got so cold in North Carolina that night that five gallon water cans froze. Now, that's cold in Wyoming, but in North Carolina, that's even colder because yeah. it's that humidity. It's just ridiculous. I come back to my room, and all I can wait on is getting a nice hot shower, and then I've got to get ready to go back out and do what I'm doing. I open my door, and this stench, first the heat hits me, and then the stench hits me, and it's the smell of rabbit piss and crap. And I look, <laughs> and there's like 30 rabbits running around my room. <laughs> And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I grab, I go down the hall. We're in a barracks. I go down the hall and I grab a trash bag and I walk in there and I start catching rabbits. And they're running around, you know, they're all happy because it's all warm and I throw them all in there. And I, 
take them all outside and I let them go and I uh, come back in and for the next half an hour I swept and mopped and got my room tidied up there and I stripped down I was naked as a jaybird and I'm walking across that room and all of a sudden I'm like somebody's watching me I look back and there's a rabbit around the bunk bed. <laughs> he's looking at me like, oh, he saw me, you know. And I'm sure I was quite a sight to see there. So I go running after this final rabbit naked, naked. and I grab him and I I stay naked and I run outside and throw him and come back in there. I take a shower and everything. But that was the rabbit story. And it took me a while to figure out who it was. But uh, yeah, um, Bob. We can uh, imagine walking in and seeing Kyle naked holding a rabbit. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. Are you, what are you doing? What's happening here? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, that's me buzzing. Let me shut that's that you. down. Bob was, uh, was killed in Iraq in 2005, and his twin brother, John, um, I stay in touch with. He's a, a knife builder down in Texas, and Bob was just a great guy. It was his last deployment. You know, you always hear that story, but that, that, that's what happened to Bob. And, uh, yeah, Bob was killed that night, another guy named Mike McNulty. And just a, 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 you know, a bad state of affairs there. We lost three guys that month in Iraq. So that for a small unit like us, that's pretty, pretty rough deal. But then when we went back, we were going to have a ceremony, and John comes to the ceremony, and he's a twin brother. Oh yeah. And he walked in. He's a ranger too. Yeah. And uh, have you met him? Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't met, met him. him. So he uh, he walks in and. We all had to go in the gym and take a minute because we're yeah. like, holy cow. I Because mean, it's him. And it sounds like him. Yeah. I mean, John just sounds and looks and mannerisms, everything is just like Bob. And anyway, um, so Bob had made me several knives. And with these knives, he would, uh, he would do a vine down the back of the knife with files. So when we got ready to do the, the Viking Tactics knives, I asked, I, we, Tops Knives makes those for us. I said, is there any way you can put this vine like this? And I sent them some pictures and they, they started trying to machine it and they go, how about this? And it's not exactly like he did. It doesn't look nearly as good as what he did, but it's a vine down the back of a production knife. It looks, it looks pretty cool, but that's just to pay, you know, pay tribute to Bob and, and Mike and those guys. And, and just, you know, when I look at those, we call them the Bloodline series. So we've got the Patriot, the Crusader, and the Norseman. So it all. Oh yeah. My yeah. wife is more Norseman than I am, but <laughs> I still try to you know go on her coattails there. But we got a little Bloodline. It's a it's a, a line of red as liners. So there's a story to it. It's not just a knife to me. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's a there's a story behind it. So anyway, that's, that's awesome. The, yeah, that's the story from from that deal. We had another one that that. Uh, I've, I've already told you the ding dong and dash story, but we had a, you've heard that one. Yes. Well, that's one of our Tennessee brethren there as well. But there was a, a, one of the guys found a prayer watch. Have you ever heard about a prayer watch? So it's a watch that goes off five times a day. That oh tells yeah. The yeah, Muslims yeah. When to pray. Yeah. 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 So this thing would go, start speaking Swahili or something there. It wasn't Arabic. It was like Swahili. So, these guys find this and I'm driving through town one night and we're in a car that we stole from some dead guy and we're in civilian clothes and all of a sudden my buddy Jesse he goes stop the car and I'm like I stop I'm grabbing my AK because I think we're about to get in a yeah, yeah. gunfight it's happening. he gets out like he's on fire and he starts pulling his gear off he's like it's on me and I'm going dude I've heard about aliens but I've never seen one I'm, I've got my AK and I'm like 
what do I do, you know? Well, you've seen those poltergeists in some of those oh, yeah. movies right there. So he goes, it's on me. And all of a sudden, he pulls off his body armor, and he goes, here it is. And I'm like, what is that? And he goes, it's the prayer watch. And I'm like, what is the prayer watch? So he tells me, and I go, oh, okay. So then they put it in heads. He did. Oh, you mean he didn't know he no, had. No. <laughs> so he put it in heads. We had this medic we called head because he had a big head. And he puts it in the pistol grip of his rifle. Same thing. They're driving around doing something awesome. <laughs> you know, doing this thing. Stops. They find it in the rifle. He comes back and he says, you guys are a bunch of immature kids. Well, where's it at, head? I threw it away. And they're like, What? Dude, that was hilarious, and you That's threw it away. Thing. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So about two weeks later, these guys were all racked out. It's daylight. <laughs> and we'd sleep during the day and do missions at night. And they're laying in their room, and all of a sudden, ur, 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 it's like out of a loudspeaker. And these dudes all jump out of their bed, and they're looking at each other like, where, where is it at? And then they can't hear it, and they're like, oh. So the next night, same time, they're sitting there in their room. They're not in bed, <laughs> and they're waiting. It ends up that head crawled up in the, the ductwork of the building. Oh, my he, God. You know those, awesome. archer, those archer speakers? Yeah. He stuck an archer speaker to that thing. <laughs> so that thing was echoing through the whole building. But the kids. It was, it was awesome. It was that's, just, that's, he really got yeah, it. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. <laughs> Buddy, thank you for coming. Yeah, I really appreciate you me, being man. here. It's awesome. And I appreciate what you do, too. You know, it's, it's – we do what we do, but you do a lot of stuff behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know about. You're out there helping folks and, you know, whether it's helping me or other veterans, um, man, we appreciate it. We, we really, really appreciate what yeah, you do. We're, I hate to use the term, but we're in this together. <laughs> oh yeah. That's kind of weird. I don't want to hold hands with you. I'm not a hipster like you are, but <laughs> you millennials, I understand that sometimes we'll you gotta... see y'all on the next one because <laughs> otherwise He's just going to hammer me, and I deserve most of it, though. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for watching the Craig Morgan Music and More podcast and listening to it. And if you're listening now, that means you hung on to the end, and we thank you. Uh, show your support by uh, downloading this, sharing it with all your friends, and doing that, all of that, because when you do that, you get to help us help Operation Finally Home, providing mortgage-free homes for our men and women in the service. God bless you, and thank you.